0: Okay, we're going to continue our series on scent. Uh, I was just reading this week, you know, there was a farmer in Queensland that was uh, praying. He, he was going th- going through a pretty bad drought. drought. This is a few years ago, and he was praying, asking God, "What what should he do? What should he do?" And God gave him a vision uh, to plant a canola crop. And for those that don't know what canola is, it's where we get our oils from, um, and the canola crops are very expensive to plant, and God gave him a vision to plant a canola crop, which was crazy uh, for, for farmers down in that area where the drought was. It's, it's a lot of money. He spent thousands of dollars uh, to plant this canola crop. And he decided to ask his agronomist. The agronomist is someone that would come and you know look at the soil and tell him what to plant and what will be good at this time of season and so forth. And the agronomist thought he was crazy thinking of planting this canola crop. Um, and his, his friends as well, other farmers were also thinking that. Him, him and his wife decided to pray and just really seek God out and say, is this what you want us to do? And they felt, yes, this is what God wanted them to do. And so they planted the canola crop. And what happened was there wasn't much rain, which they were disappointed. i was thinking if we plant this canola crop, there's going to be rain. And, but the, the rain wasn't there. There was a little bit of rain, but they didn't get much. Like you think about, I think the other day, uh, it was actually last night at home. We had fourteen mil. I think they had fourteen mil over the whole year. We had that in one day. Anyways, they plant this canola crop, and guess what? It grows, and it's amazing. It's an amazing story that they decided to trust this vision, and this canola crop grows, it grows so high that it actually grew to the to point of what his vision saw the canola crop, in, and you know it's a, it's an amazing story, and so we've been doing a series on being sent. And last week, if you weren't here, you, you can go back and, and look on YouTube or our podcast. Um, the message is there. And we've been talking about as a church, uh, we, we are a church that, you know, wants to take on the opportunity of God has sent us and onto his mission. And, um, you know, we talked about how God's attribute attributes is, you know, and often we don't think about this, that he is ascending God. That's one of his attributes. It's not something he does. It's who he is. And if you look at Scripture... Time and time again, we see God wanting to redeem, redeem His people, and who does He do that through? By sending people. And these people are no different to us. I think often we we read Scripture and we like, oh, these guys are like another level, you know, they're they're like super, you know, Superman. But I I just want to encourage you when you read Scripture, these people are like us. These are normal people, and I love it when I read, you know, times where they actually at times get it wrong or they're a bit hardened. You know, we see that in the Old Testament where they kind of hardened, don't want to do it. Um, we see that with Peter with his vision. You know, he he was he had a great vision that was to go to the Gentiles, that the gospel was for the Gentiles, but he was kind of like, no. And so these people are no different to us. We often put them on this pedestal thinking there's so much greater than us, but it's not about them. It's about God. God is the one who has the power, not us. And so... We're talking as a church that, um, you know, we, we want to be, you know, God has a, has a mission and he has made the church for that mission to reach. It's, the church is the sent. We are the missionaries. We don't send missionaries. We are the missionaries. The church goes into the community to be the light. And so we, we talked about that in the first week. And today I want to talk about how do we fulfill that mission? You know, maybe if you, you've got the posture and you are not understand that, Kate. I know that I'm sent. But how do we do that? How do we practically do that? And I think one of the keys and what I want to talk about today, and we'll look at other things over the next couple of weeks. Today, I, I think what's essential to, to being a sent one or being a missionary is that we need to be able to hear God's voice. A church who hears God's voice. And I believe this is essential to being sent. In fact, I think it's essential to our faith. And we see that throughout Scripture where God is speaking to His children. And He has done that from the beginning of time when He's in Garden of Eden. He's, we see Him speaking with Adam and Eve. And we, and I know that some may not believe this as some Christians, but we, I believe, this church believes that we have that access to the Father like they did in the biblical times. And I want to I talk about that because I believe that God is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. He hasn't changed. His communication did not stop when Jesus returned to heaven. And God, we talk about it, God is a relational God. And I want to ask you the question, have you seen a good relationship where two people don't communicate. Now I'm not just talking about cuz some people can't voice, but they use sign language, and I'm talking about all types of communication. Have you seen a good relationship when two people don't communicate? In fact, what if I told you that Rachel and I haven't spoken in the last 2 weeks? What would you think of our relationship right now? You probably think we're struggling. And I think this is the same with our Father. See, our Father is a relational God. But if we aren't having a two-way conversation, there isn't much of a relationship going on, is there? In fact, I think we can fall into the trap of doing things out of legalism and obligation. And we can stop living by faith. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, Paul says, we live by faith and not by sight alone. What does he mean here? Like the Queensland farmer I mentioned earlier, he didn't live by sight because what he saw was a dry land, dry soil. But when God spoke through his vision, what happened? He decided to trust. He lived by faith. And I want want you to understand, faith is more than just believing. It is believing, but it's more than that. It's also trusting. It's trusting something you cannot see or prove. Where does faith come from? Romans 10, 17 says, this is what Paul says, faith comes from hearing the Word of God. I just want to highlight that, hearing. It doesn't say reading says hearing the word of god and the greek word here is rema and rema means spoken words rema has to do with hearing the voice and sensing the spirit by which the words are spoken so hearing god's voice and putting into action produces faith it produces life it produces fruit and again, to, it's important to note, faith is not just believing. And, and what I mean by that, the farmer, for example, what was? Where, wh- how do we know that he had faith? Was it through his belief? Or was it through his actions? It was both, but it can't be just belief. He decided to go, you know what, I'm not going to listen to my friends, I'm not gonna listen to the agronomist. I know there's dry land, I know that, but I'm gonna obey God and listen to this vision and he stepped out and he put the crop in. He planted the seed in dry soil. That is faith. Faith is a verb, it's a doing word. And I think there is a belief among some Christians that all we need to do is believe without needing to obey. And I, I I don't know if you've read Bonhoeffer's book, uh, The Cost of Discipleship. He actually does a whole chapter de- dedicated to this debunking this idea that faith is just belief. He says this and I love I love what he says, faith without works is not faith at all, but a simple lack of obedience to God. Only he who believes is obedient, and only he who is obedient believes. And to continue, and I, I, we know this in the book of James. James says, "Faith without works is dead." So we can't have faith without works. You can do works without faith, but faith—if we step out—there should be something that follows. Rachel and I were reading uh, Hebrews. We've been reading Hebrews together, and and. There's something that just stood out to me. I've read read Hebrews a few times, but this just really stood out to me when we're reading it. And I noticed that the Hebrew writer, he repeats this three times. He says, Today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. Three times he repeats this in chapter 3 and 4. This is a very strong warning not to ignore God's voice. And I, I believe if we continue to not listen and resist God's will, I think we can run the risk, this is what the Hebrew writer is saying, we run the risk of hardening our hearts to God. And and what the Hebrew writer was saying, that this is what the Israelites did in the desert. God had told them to go into the promised land, yet they refused. They heard, but they didn't want to go in. And if you actually read what the Hebrew writer says, what happened was because of the disappointment disobedience, they would never enter rest. If you want to read that in Hebrews 3 and 4, they said if we don't listen to the voice of God and continue to seek Him out, the Hebrew is saying we actually won't find rest. I find that very interesting. And so what I'm trying to say is if we are a sent people, listening to where God's voice is directing us has to be essential to the mission. In fact, it's not just essential to the mission. I think it's essential to our relationship with the Father. To our, it's essential to our peace, our joy, our rest, our salvation. Jesus said in John 10 that my sheep listen to my voice. My sheep listen to my voice. And then he says, and I know them and they follow me. This is not, I grew up on a farm, but in those times, this wasn't, they weren't pushing the sheep. The sheep would follow the shepherd wherever he went and he would speak to them and they would follow him. And this is what Jesus is talking about us as believers. As Jesus speaks to us, as God speaks to us, as the Holy Spirit speaks to us, we are to listen to his voice and follow. But I guess the question is, why don't some Christians hear God? Maybe you're asking that question as you're sitting there. I've heard this before. I've seen, you know, believers just, you know, they just seem, like, oh, God speaks to me and He's... And often I think we put it on God. I think we go, well, that's just because God doesn't speak to everyone. I, I believe that's not true. I, I think it's got more to do with us than it does with God. And I want to talk about those things because I think, again, this is essential to our walk. This is essential to our faith and I want to I delve into this. I want to look at some things practically, why maybe we aren't hearing God's voice clearly. And so the first thing I want to look at is, do we have the right heart posture? Do we have the right heart posture? Tanya Harris says, and da- for those that don't know Tanya Harris, we've had her come and speak. Um, she's from God Conversations, and she talks about a two-way um, communication. And she came from the belief that God didn't speak. And she, 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 she's now talking to churches that God does speak. And this is what she says, the work of the Spirit requires a certain heart posture, not an appropriate level of IQ. See, often I think people have this idea that they need to go to Bible college to hear God speak. They need to know more, no know more knowledge and there's truth that we need to know God's character and His ways to understand how He speaks, but it's not filling up here, it's here. And I love when Jesus says many times, He says, those that have ears, let them hear. Have you ever read that when after a parable that Jesus says that and you're like, what is He, what is he speaking about? What Jesus means when He says this after His parables because you got to understand, a lot of people walked away from his parables confused. They didn't, they didn't understand what Jesus was trying to say. And Jesus was saying, if you really want to understand, you need to seek. You need to seek and, and understand and let the Holy Spirit help you. And what happened was, often after Jesus told the parable, a lot of people left. You know, some stayed and asked Jesus, what did that parable mean? I want to ask you the question, are you that person that would stay after a parable? Because you didn't quite understand what Jesus is trying to say. Do you have that part posture of wanting to understand and trying to seek and trying to seek the Holy Spirit? When you're, when you're reading Scripture, I, I know for myself, when I was reading Scripture early days, I didn't understand. And you know what I did? I put the Bible to the side and just continue on my life. I just went, I don't understand it. But as as my heart changed and as I started to seek God and my heart postures towards God, I really wanted to understand. And can I tell you, when I did, the Holy Spirit was just speaking through Scripture. It was coming off the page because I had this heart posture of wanting to know God, not just a head knowledge of God, but a heart just wanting to be transformed. And this is what Jesus is talking about. Those that have ears, let them hear. Are we truly seeking out God? Do we have the right heart posture? Are we seeking it wholeheartedly? Do we ask the Holy Spirit for help? Another reason maybe people might not hear God, and I think this can be a common reason. It's it's is that they are fearful. You know, when I read, Jesus says this a few times. He says, Jesus said, "Do not be afraid. Have faith." Now, do you know it's actually quite normal for for people to have fear? Fear is not a bad thing in itself. But faith is overcoming the fear. And when God speaks, there can be a lot of fear, questioning if it's really God. I remember when I had this thought to go and speak to a random person. I I was in the playground and I just had this thought to go, you need to go and speak to that person. Can I tell you I was so fearful? I was like, no. And I think this is what happens. I think people have this idea when they see people step out in faith and they see, you know, they think that, oh, geez, they just, they must just go out and, you know, don't even think about it. Can I tell you, it starts with a bit of fear. And I had two options. I could just accept the fear and go, you know what, no, I'm not going to. Or I step out in faith, trust what that voice was saying, and go and speak to the person. And when I did, what happened? God conversation. I shared the gospel with them. And what did I come away with? Wow, God speaks. Wow. And and I could just see my faith increase and go, you know what? God is speaking to me. I didn't know in that moment that was God. It wasn't that clear. And I think often fear is what's going to stop us from hearing God. So I want to encourage you. Fear is a normal thing. We're going to feel that. But I want you to trust that voice. If it's something, you know, you, you know, it's something that you wouldn't normally do. For example, that person, go and speak to them. That's not something I would just randomly think in my head. I would want to go off to the side and just be by myself. But I knew that was God because it wasn't me. It's not a thought I would have about myself. So I, I chose to step out. And another reason people might not hear God is because there's a wrong expectation. And I think this language may not be helpful at times, and I've even said it a few times, when Christians say, I hear God, this, this tends to indicate that God was speaking in a loud, audible voice. I think that's what a lot of people think when, you, when you're talking to non-believers, I hear God. Straight away, what do you think they're thinking? Wow, he hears this loud, audible voice from God booming down from heaven. But I want to I want to say that and this maybe has affected you because that's what you're expecting. You've been expecting this loud audible voice. But often the spirit actually comes through a thought. In in 1 Kings 19 Elijah waits to hear God. And you know what? He doesn't hear him. It says this, he doesn't hear him in the wind. He doesn't hear him in an earthquake, and even though there's things, he doesn't hear him in a fire, but in a gentle whisper. And Mark, Mark Verkler, who wrote the book, Four Keys to Hearing God's uh, Voice, he, he speaks about God will speak to the quiet in our minds. God speaks through spontaneous thoughts. And he even goes to say, uh, Mark Verkler, if you ever want to read his book, it's really good. He talks about we have two sides of the brain. And he says we've got the side that wants to be analytical. It, it tries to, it's a cerebral side. But then the other side, we have the imagination side. In the Western culture, we don't often use the imagination side, but often this is where God is speaking into this side. And so I just want you to understand, and Tanya Harris also says this, God speaks to our thoughts. She says that the Spirit's voice comes as a thought, but it's not our thought. It comes as a dream, but it's not our dream. This is how God can communicate. It's not the only way. It's not the only way that God communicates. This is one way that God communicates. Another reason that we may not hear, hear God or uh, understand that he's speaking to us is maybe because of our theology. Maybe because of our wrong thinking. Tanya Harris says, uh, while scriptural testimony is clear, what she's talking about here, God, how God speaks through visions and dreams. Do you know, visions and dreams over the last 400 years is something that the church has really struggled to understand. And I love what Tanya Harris was, says, while scripture testimony is clear about God speaking through visions and dreams, Western cultures have struggled to accept visual forms of God's speech ever since the Protestant Reformation when spiritual experiences were rejected by the Reformers. So just a little bit of history here because, you know, I talked about last week how history can affect the way we live. We need to, we need to go back to understand why we do things today. And it's the same. We, and we talked about with Constantine how this idea that there's a one leader and he's the only one that speaks to God. Constantine brought that in. No no one in the early church believed that. They believed that all could hear from God. They believed that all were sent. And so culture and history has affected the way we view church and how we do the mission. It's the same with God's hearing his voice. And and it happened around the Reformation. So for those that probably have heard of Martin Luther, around the 1600s, and, and he did a great thing. So what was happening is the Catholic Church There was some some corruption and Martin Luther was part of the Catholic Church and he shed light on the corruption that was happening in the church. And what they were doing, they were using God's voice, they were using visions, they were using dreams to actually get their way or uh, they were using him in God's vein. Uh, And he, he was for their own benefit. And they were using revelatory experiences. And Luther didn't like what was going on. And I'll give you an example. And I've been to some of these buildings they would say to people, hey, if you pay me, I'll forgive your sins. Hey, you know, your loved one, they're, they're not quite in heaven right now. They're, they're in the a, in a middle grounds. But if you pay us, they will go to heaven and we'll pray for them. And so Luther actually shed light to this. He knew scripture. No one could read scripture in this time. They didn't have other Christians. And there were people rising up, though, that knew the Bible. It was written in Latin, and Luther comes around. And like anything with human beings, when we don't like something, we, we sometimes can go too far the other way. And so what Luther did, he decided that God no longer speaks outside of the Bible, outside of Scripture. He decided that, that the Holy Spirit had ceased, Even though, I want you to understand, even though Luther himself had visions and dreams, he decided, he so much wanted to make sure that we live by Scripture. And this is it's a good thing. There's a good elements in this. But he ignored the way God communicates. And I want you to why that's important because we've come out of that. The church is still working through that. And you'll be amazed, and uh, as I was, as you read through Scripture, can I tell you, all the prophetic prophets in the, in the Old Testament, their words, a lot of them or majority of them came from visions and dreams. You can go and read it. Go and read Isaiah. It starts off, this was a vision. And then it doesn't stop there. The New Testament, 19 visions were given in Acts. 19 visions. Revelation is a, heart, is a vision. Why would God all of a sudden decide I'm not going to speak through dreams and visions when he's been doing that since day one? That's how he's communicated. He's done that all the way through. Why would he stop doing that? Why would he stop speaking to us in that way? And, and this, to, to understand the prophets were actually talking of a time when everyone will have visions and dreams, Joel prophesied that all will prophesy, and so what Peter repeats. Peter gets up in front of the early church and he says, "Here is Joel's prophecy: that you will all, when the Holy Spirit comes, you will all prophesy. You all, your young men will have visions, and your old men will have dreams. And what he is saying is not some will have visions and some will have dreams. He's actually in the in the greek he's saying all and i think there's a belief that influenced influenced us and it influenced me it's amazing when i started to open my eyes that god speaks to visions and dreams can i tell you i always used to tell people i never got dreams but when i when i opened this and and really understood that actually no this is how god speaks i've been getting dreams and I believe that this is for us as believers, that you, God wants to speak to you in visions and dreams. And I think he already has. I think I, I want you to understand that God has already been speaking to you. Why do I believe that? Well, you wouldn't be here sitting here. You, 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 wouldn't, you wouldn't be here, you wouldn't be following God if you, you hadn't heard God. Now, yes, some of you may have grown up in a Christian home and your mom and dad told you you need to do this, this and this but it's still your choice because there's something inside of you that is speaking. There's something that is wanting to communicate. There's something that wants to have a relationship with you. And he wants to speak through our thoughts. He wants to speak through our visions. He wants to speak through our dreams. And this absolutely continues today for the church. I know it does. I've seen many within our church who God has been speaking through visions and dreams. I've seen many in our church that have leading them and seeing others. You know, I've I've seen people and non-believers that have heard God. I had a friend that was going to go to the beach and he heard a voice say, stop, do not enter the water. He's not a believer. There was a shark right in front of him as he was standing there. I told him that was God speaking. You know, and he's still on the journey. I'm working, working with him. And I hear that all the time, people getting these feelings, continue on, do this. You know, we watched the, uh, the, the documentary, The Rescue, and these guys were going to rescue these Thailand kids, and they sensed in themselves to continue on. They could have gave up, but they felt, no, we actually, we're going to find them. That's what they felt. I believe that's God speaking. And I guess the question is, are we going to have faith to trust that voice and follow? We're going to believe that voice. Because I believe that's where our faith will grow when we start to trust. You know, we're going to get it wrong. I've got it wrong. You know, and that happens. But I just want you to have an open heart and a posture towards it because, again, coming back to the mission, this has got to be essential to our mission. If we can't hear... God, where are we going? Where has God sent us? Who do we know God? Who's who's God working on? If we don't know and we're not in tune with what God's doing. Because I believe God is working on people and we need to come alongside him and be his messenger. God is speaking. He wants to have a relationship with us. And he doesn't not just want to desire to have a relationship with you, but he desires to have a relationship with everyone. And so I want to encourage you this week, and I said it last week, to really discover, discover the Holy Spirit, discover that he's speaking. Maybe you've had some of these beliefs. If you don't believe believe me in some of these things, come and speak to me. Like I said, those that have ears, let them hear. Come and seek it out. Maybe you've grown up believing that God doesn't speak outside of Scripture anymore. Come, seek it out. Speak to those. I know there are many within our community that have, you know, responded to what God is saying, it's having visions and dreams. Seek it out. Ask them. Because I believe that as a church, if we're going to be called and, and to be the church that should, you know, ready for this mission, we need to understand that God has been speaking to us and responding. And I, I truly believe as you respond to his voice, your faith will grow. You will find rest. You'll find peace. You'll find joy. Let's pray. Father, let thank you that you are a God that communicates. God, you communicate through your creation. You communicate through thoughts. You communicate through visions. You communicate through dreams. Lord, you are not a silent God. And I pray as a church that we start to tune in. We have a posture wanting to know you. We want to open our hearts. We want to be ready to receive. And we're ready to to follow your voice. And so I just pray, Father, that those that are struggling, uh, Lord, maybe there are blockages. I pray that you give them a heart that wants to seek you and, and a heart that wants to know you. And Father, I just pray as a church, we come alongside each other. There are times we get it wrong. We've got times that we've had even words for us. Lord, that haven't come to pass. But I pray we don't give up getting to know you. We don't, don't give up trying to uh, seek out your voice. And so we just, yeah, I just pray in Jesus' name that uh, we continue to walk in your ways and, and follow in your ways. In your name. Amen.